We're in the middle of uh, project restoration. We're restoring the city. We're restoring his church. After 2020, we really felt it strongly that we need to look at restoration. What does restoration look like? What, is, what does it look like for God to restore us? Um, a lot of us need restoration right now. And still in February, we're like, you still processing last year. A lot of us are. I am. <laughs> so... Um, as we look at that, I'm just uh, constantly reminded of, I used to work construction. Actually, my old boss is here today. That's so awesome. And uh, I worked for a construction company, and we would do dollar houses. And what that looks like is you would, uh, the, we would work on a house and dump about ninety dollars to $100,000 into a home that needed completely restored. And so a lot of times on the job site, I was there by myself. And as we were looking at uh, this restoration project, I was just remembering my boss dropping me off at the job, and I would be working on different things in the house, either building a wall or sanding a floor, or um, have you guys ever taken varnish off like an old staircase? It takes forever, you know, with a little putty knife, and you're in there, and you're trying to take off varnish. So I'd like work really hard, and then, but I could always remember when his truck would pull up, because I could hear it. And so the first thing that came to mind when his truck would pull up is, I knew I need to come up with a conclusion of all the things that I got done around here. Because <laughs> he's going to ask, like, what'd you do today? Well, you know, I did this. And like nine times out of ten, so I'd say, um, you know, I sanded the floor today, and he'd look at it. And then I'd say, you know, I sanded these walls over here. And he, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And <laughs> nine times out of ten, he was such a patient guy that uh, I wanted to move on, and I thought we were done, and, and about every single time he would say something along the lines of, we might need to revisit that. <laughs> we might need to come back to that, Neil. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you got that done. I love to get stuff done, and uh, he was totally fine with, no, we need to redo it. Let's, <laughs> I hated it. It was like one of my first jobs, so I was uh, kind of defeated. But as we were talking about um, the things that we're restoring, there was a, a word that I really felt like uh, God was calling us to revisit. And what it was was um, what we talked about last week was the shelf of disappointment and I think that we're supposed to revisit that today. So can I have some shelf carriers in here? A couple strong people here. And as they bring this out, what we talked about last week was it's a shelf of disappointment. And so all the different things that are on the shelf are just different areas of our life that we can start to be disappointed in or maybe we already have a box full of. So as you can see right on the top, Look at how talented they are. They're not going to drop it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, all right. Give it up for these guys, will you? Yeah, yeah. Muscles. You can see on the top there's relationships. You got health. You got parenting. You got finances. You got ministry. If you've ever been in ministry before, uh, the box of 2020, that's a big box. Jobs, church disappointment. So this is the shelf of disappointment. In, in each one of these, we can be disappointed in. Maybe you've had a relationship that didn't go right, or maybe a relationship, a friendship that you really thought was moving forward, and then they move, and it's just like disappointing. Why do I even try to make friends? 
and you maybe you've had some health issues, and it's just been a constant battle. It's been a constant struggle. You have a bunch of dreams for your life, but you're fighting health issues all the time. It's just disappointing. 2020, maybe your box is full of disappointments from last year, all the dreams that you had for last year, the vacations that you're supposed to be on, the the, the different <laughs> excursions that you planned on, the way that your uh, job was supposed to work out in 2020 just kind of took that out. It's a shelf of disappointment. So we talked about how Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, as we're studying that, that he had to get rid of his shelf of disappointment. That for 42 years, he was inviting people to follow Jesus, to follow God as their number one God. And they constantly would churn away. And so there was no way that Jeremiah could wake up every morning and be a prophet and carry around the shelf everywhere he went. That Jeremiah had to get rid of these things, that he had to move forward. He couldn't carry disappointments into every single day. And so we kind of talked about how, and I brought you up to speed, you know, personally in my own life, how I've been able to somewhat change some of these boxes around, but it's a process. And so that's what I want to talk today about is the process of that what that looks like. So I came in Monday morning, and Jacob was in the sound booth back here, and um, I just said to him, you know, did I explain well enough how to, what the Bible invites us into, or how to change some of these processes around, and change some of these boxes around, and change disappointments back into trust, and those kinds of things, and just really felt strongly that the word of the Lord was that we're supposed to walk through that today, what that process looks like for us. Really felt him say, that, let's revisit that, Neil. <laughs> I want to move forward. I want to keep going. And God's like, let's revisit that. Let's revisit that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to look at Jeremiah 40, verses 1 through 6. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's come in power. Just choose to get out of your way. You're so good to us, Lord. So, Lord, we just uh, just hand over this time to you. This Valentine's Day in 2021 would be very impactful for our lives. Lord, would we, would we leave with what it is that you want to speak to us? Lord, would, um, would you just bring the word to life today as just talk about the prophet Jeremiah and um, how amazing of a person he was, but how it just applies to our life today. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Just soften our hearts to the areas that we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite parts about meeting together is to hear amen together. You want to try that? Amen. 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 I love hearing you guys sing too. That's always beautiful. Jeremiah 40, verses 1 through 6. Before we jump into this, I just remembered I should probably bring us up to speed on where we're picking it up. So we've been going through the entire book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah has been calling people to come back to God. He's been that guy with the bullhorn out in the middle of the street. Come back to God like you've completely forgot who your God is. 
So what happened was the, the Israelites, they actually got what God had promised them, and which is the land of milk and honey. And so they're, they're living very comfortably, but then Jeremiah is called to tell them that they need God still, because once they got very comfortable, they started finding other things to worship besides God. And so Jeremiah has literally spent his entire life just telling people they need God again. God gives you a Valentine's that says, be mine <laughs> and he's just inviting people to, to be his again. And so this is where we're picking it up is Jeremiah's been telling them that this is, this is uh, that God wants them back, but he's also been telling them, if you don't come back to God, that there's disaster coming from the north and they're gonna overtake your land. So for 42 years, he's telling them, disaster's coming, God wants you back. And so we're picking it up when actually what Jeremiah has been talking about comes to life. That disaster does come from the north. The Babylonians are coming in to take over their town. Exactly what Jeremiah has been saying. So we're moving the, the book along. It's getting towards the end of it. It's Jeremiah 40, verses 1. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord at the Nebuchadnezzar commander of the imperial guard had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among the captives of, from Jerusalem and Judah who were being carried into exile to Babylon. When the commander of the guards found Jeremiah, he said to them, The Lord your God decreed this disaster for this place, and now the Lord has brought it about. He has done just as he said he would. All this happened because you people sinned against the Lord and did not obey him. But today, I am freeing you from the chains on your wrists. Today, come with me to Babylon, if you like, and I will look after you. But if you do not want to go, then don't come. Look at the whole country. It lies before you. Go wherever you please. However, before Jeremiah turned to go, Nebuchadnezzar added, go back to to Gilediah, the son of Achim, the son of Shephon, whom the king of Babylon has appointed over the towns of Judah, and live with the people among and live with among the people, and go anywhere else you would please. Then the commander gave him provisions and a present, and let him go. So Jeremiah went to Gilediah, the son of Achim, at Mizpah, and stayed with him among the people who were left behind in the land. So Jeremiah is enchained. Everybody else is going to Babylon. They're enchained. They're, they're being captive. But Jeremiah, somebody finds him and actually has been hearing what Jeremiah has been saying that this is going to happen. So he unchains him and completely frees Jeremiah. Everybody else is captive. So somebody actually listened to Jeremiah's message. The reason that they were doing this is because if the people would ever want to fight back and say, like, why are we, in cap why are we uh, captive now? They would be able to pull Jeremiah aside and say, like, you've been telling them that this is going to happen, right? That their God wants them back. And so they're using Jeremiah. He tells them to go ahead and... Uh, he frees Jeremiah, and then Jeremiah chooses not to go to Babylon. He chooses to go to Mizpah, which means the watchtower. So this is where um, Dave Matthews and Jimi Hendrix live, along the watchtower. Mm. 
Okay. So he's given them provision. He frees Jeremiah. They're able to go. Jeremiah is able to go and do whatever. He goes to the town of Watchtower. Everybody else is going to Babylon. And so what I'd love to do is you hear what happened to Jeremiah, but let's also look at like what happened to the rest of the people. In verse 9, it picks up. Giladiah, son of Akim, the son of Shephon, if you're looking for baby names, this is a good one, um, took an oath to, and reassured them and their men. Do not be afraid to serve the Babylonians, he said. Settle down in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well with you. I myself will stay in Mizpah to represent you before the Babylonians who come to us. But listen here, this is, this is what I really want to highlight today. But you are to harvest the wine, summer fruit, and olive oil, and put them in storage jars, and live in the towns that you have taken over. So harvest the fruit, and live in the town. Jeremiah had been telling them that it's going to be 70 to 75 years that they're going to be in Babylon. The rest of the, the bunch of people that he's been trying to bring closer to God. And so they get to this point where they're actually having to go. What Jeremiah has been saying is going to happen, happens. And he invites them into this. Go ahead, live in the town, make wine, plant vineyards, start a canning good business. Don't just set up tents, but live in the city. Don't live on the outskirts. You know, inviting you to, to, to build homes. In other words, here you are, make the most of it. This is where you're at. Invest in where you're at. Don't try to just put up tents. Instead, build houses and fill your shelves with canned goods. Once again, I see this shelf of disappointment having to be turned into faith. To have to have faith and, and start to move some of these boxes from disappointment into trust again and hope again and joy again and, and peace. They were kicked out of the land of milk and honey and taken captive. But God gives them this commission to, to make the most of it. How hard would it have been to just not live in the past? Think of it. You had everything. God provided all the things that you could ever imagine. How hard would it be not to just live in the past and drag that disappointment with you into the new thing? I have a strong sense that I have a couple of words that I really feel strongly about for us today as a church. And that's this, here you are. Here you are. Plant vineyards. Start canning your food. Build a house. Live in the land. Make the most of it. Here you are. You're here now. You are here now. Make the most of it. Shelves full of disappointments take away the enjoyment of the now of life. 
When our shelves are full of disappointments, it takes away from the enjoyment of today. When our shelves are completely just full of a bunch of disappointments that we're trying to drag around with us, it takes away from what God wants to do in us right here, right now. So here you are. Here we are. God has plans and a hope for the future, yes. And he also has plans for today. Not only like out there in the future, but he has plans for you today. He has provision for you today. He has a purpose for you today. It's not what always is going to come, but it's also what he's doing today, right here in this moment, right now, today, on Valentine's Day, 2021, God has plans for you. And shells of disappointments take us away from the plans that God has for us today. Because he has plans for you right now, right here. In your relationships, you know, maybe you've had some really hard relationships. Maybe you've walked through a lot of relationship issues and a lot of relationship struggles. And you're like, you want to turn this box around to trust, right? You want to trust people. You want to you trust again. You want to be a part of that. You want to you trust your friends. You want to trust what people say again. Well, right now it's like in this process. But if we focus so much on the relationships of disappointment, the disappointment of relationships, we're completely missing what God has for us today. Completely missing it. God might have your best friend right in front of you, but you're so focused on like past relationships. You know, I've put myself out there. I've tried with people before. I've shared my heart with people before. And I just got hurt. So what the Lord's inviting us into is, here you are. Start to turn that around. Start to trust people. Talk about a church. Let's talk about church. Maybe you've had some disappointments in church. Welcome to the club. <laughs> it's hard. The crazy part about church is there's people in it, and there's no way. <laughs> That's what's tough. So maybe you've had some crazy disappointments in church. I feel it. Trust me. I know it. I've walked through a lot of it. But to have a hope for the church today again, have a hope for the church that you're in right now. We have to like start to churn that box. God has plans and a future for you in this church. There's a hope for his church, and it's through him. So it takes starting to trust people again. It takes starting to like put yourself out there a little bit. But if we get so focused on the past disappointments of church, we're completely missing what God has right now in his church. Completely missing it. So here you are. You're here. 
It's 2021. You're right here, right now. God wants to remove some of these disappointments and turn them into what he wants your life to be full of, trust and hope and peace. I just want to give you uh, three different ways that the Lord can do this. And like I said, this message is 110% for myself. I find myself, honestly, guys, I just want to be really, really straightforward with you. I find myself holding on to this box way too much right now of what could have been, what should have been, all the dreams that like, felt like they just died in this year. And so the Lord's just been restoring that. He's been restoring that in my own life. And I just want to share with you a couple of different ways that he's been doing that and how I've been able to cooperate with him some days, <laughs> not all the time. So one thing is this, is start small. Maybe you've had, you know, some, some friendships that just like didn't work out. Start small. And what that looks like is instead of putting yourself out there to a hundred people and inviting everybody in on your life, start with a couple of people and start to trust them again. I think uh, over the years, one thing, I'm a dreamer, okay? I love dreaming, and, and I, I, have, uh, I have a lot of faith for the dreams that God's given. And so I've shared them with people, and then people just don't understand it. And then I feel, you know, or they, they get weirded out. <laughs> and, and so, um, so one thing that the Lord's just been inviting me into is to start small. Start with a couple of people and share dreams with them. Start with a couple of people and build a relationship with them. Start with a couple of people and... And, and just actually invite them in on your life. Start small. God may have a really close friendship right in front of you. And sometimes if we're so focused on the past friendships, we completely miss it. So start small. Secondly, the, the other thing that that's been helpful, is to buy in. As you start to turn some of these boxes around, to buy in. Buy into your job right now, where you're at. You know, buy into the job and the dreams that God had for your job. Buy into it. It means taking one foot off the shelf of disappointment and one foot into today and actually putting both feet into today and buying in. This is today. This is where I'm at. Here I am. I'm going to buy in. In your relationships, buy in. In your friendships, buy in. In your job, start dreaming again. Like be both feet in to buy in. A couple of really practical ways to, to do that is, uh, one, if you're dating somebody right now, I invite you to delete any dating apps that you have on your phone. Because you're just leaving that door wide open that you're never really dating somebody you never really bought in. Does that make sense? So buy in. If you're married here today, delete all the dating apps off your phone. Because <laughs> that's just good advice. I'm just saying, right? It's wisdom. <laughs> 
Buy in, be both feet in. If you're married here today, you know what? The past, you know, the past whatever, 10 years, the past 15 years, maybe there's a lot of brokenness in that. But buy into today. Buy into today. Forgive and, and buy into now. So focus on like what could have been and what should have been. Instead, like the Lord's inviting you to just buy in. Here you are. Buy into right now. If you kind of like your job right now, get your name off Indeed and Monster. And the reason is, is because all it's doing is distracting you from buying into today. You're just sitting here fantasizing, well, Colorado does seem really nice. They need my position there. And you're just in fantasy world. You're not bought into where God has you right now. You kind of like your job. Now, if you hate your job, do whatever, okay? <laughs> Go get another job, whatever. But if you kind of like your job and you somewhat feel like this is where you're supposed to be, just both feet into it. Like, I'm all in. This is where I'm at. Monday morning, tomorrow morning, this is my job. I'm here. Be present. And lastly, one of the best ways to turn some of these boxes around is to risk again. You're going to have to risk again. John Wimber, is a, uh, he started the Vineyard Movement back in 1978. And he said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You're going to have to risk again. Take a risk, put yourself out there again. Trust people again. It's a risk, isn't it? To have hope for the church, to trust people in the church, it's a risk again. To have hope for your job, to have dreams for your job, it's going to take a risk again. It's the best way to just start turning some of this around, to apply this. Here I am. Risk again. I think one way that this looks like in health, especially, is to have faith to pray again. Now, if you've helped, dealt with health issues for a really long time, don't give up. Never cease praying. Keep praying to have faith that, that this could be healed. To risk again. The most amazing part about this is this isn't something that you got to go process on your own and figure out. That Jesus is involved in every single aspect of this. As he does this in our hearts, as he does this in our lives. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And so he actually invites us into things. And so there might be some areas of our life that, that we need Jesus to, to give us faith in. He's here today. He'll give you faith. He'll give you hope. He'll give you peace in those storms. This is what he does. This is why he came so I just invite you guys today to start, start to trust people again. 
Start to have faith. Let the Lord restore you. Let him give you dreams again. Let him give you hope for tomorrow. And start with the small stuff. Buy into tomorrow. Buy into today. Buy into right now. And take a risk. Try it out. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us.